Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to where you are tonight. My name is Jason Flores and I'm your host today for the Coach's Corner. I'm here today with four of our coaches from the Endurance Lab and myself. So we've got Taya on the line, Andrea, Mitch, and Ian, all coaches in the Endurance Lab. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, very, very excited here. Um, It's early for a lot of us, um, so we are getting warmed up, but we've got a really good lineup for you today. Um, We are going to bring you what's going on in this lab. It's a very different lab than that we've had in the past. It's focusing on different things that maybe we see our riders struggling with through the year, so I feel like it's a place where people are going to feel uncomfortable but going to get a lot of strength from. So we'll start off with our first topics and we're going to talk about what's going on this week in the lab. We're going to start off with the topic of strength and I've got none so I'm going to pass it the mic to Ian Murray. So <laughs> take it away Ian. Thanks Jason. Yeah this week was a uh, big focus was getting everyone into the strength workouts and for a lot of us that's something we haven't done in a long time or ever. So there's, um, I don't want to say there's griping and complaining. We'll just say there's comments about soreness and there's comments about uh, some of the exercises being new. So the, the reason we did it this way this week was we, folk, we used body weight was to allow everyone to just use what it naturally is already there for them to help develop some of these uh, smaller muscles or, or less used muscles, lesser used muscles to get them going for week two and week three when we're going to start introducing some of our, our toys, I like to call them, or maybe it's the pull-up bar or TRX bands. Um, a, a little bit of weight here and there, but it, it's really important that that you get through the body weight stuff. That body weight stuff kind of gets everything going, and if you can support your own body weight, that's your best starting point. Absolutely, I I can't agree more. Um, definitely um, challenging. Um, we've heard uh, the stories of um, people scrounging, not scrounging, I said, I would say um, trying to head out and um, get all the, the things that they need for all these workouts. Um, some of us do have uh, things that are collecting dust, I would say, or um, um, holding clothes for us in our in our pain caves. <laughs> well, and the important part too is if you don't have the the equipment, that's okay. We've we've shown variations to just about every one of our exercises. So if you don't have the equipment, you can do without it. You can you can do a variation. You can do a no weighted version. So it, there there are options that you can do in case you don't have, don't feel like buying, or just plain aren't able to do the, uh, the exercises, like a pull-up, like a pull-up, for example. I'm sure there's quite a few people who can't do a pull-up. And so we have variations for that. Absolutely. Um, Taya um, and uh, Andrea, as far as uh, the women, are you getting any extra comments there? Or how do you feel? Do you feel a difference at, as far as how um, they would respond to these type of workouts? Or do you feel like kind of overall fitness is a little bit higher on then? What, what, what kind of feeling are you getting? I think that uh, overall is right in line with everyone else in the lab. You know, some folks have not been doing strength workouts um, for a long time. On the other hand, we do have uh, some of the ladies who are very active doing cross-training such as TRX classes and swimming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so for that, we have been also talking about, you know, what that represents and how that might substitute some of the workouts and what to look for in terms of, 
comparison to what we have in the plan such that they're not overtraining. So we've been discussing that in the uh, forum. That's right. That's right. So that's something that um, we need to make sure that riders are taking into consideration if they do have um, some type of cross training that they happen to do, just like if there are other rides or other obligations um, and and workouts that you have to do on the bike, um, you need to make sure that we are balancing those and getting um, a good balance in the week. If that means trading off workouts, um, then that's what it means. So, yeah, and Jason, excellent. one of the point, one of the points on that too is if people take a real good look at what we're doing with our strength workouts, we're taking a whole body approach. Um, I know cyclists like to get in and do things just on the legs, um, mm-hmm. and even triathletes will do things that are mostly focused on legs with a few pull-ups, but. By taking the whole body approach, you you re- you limit the uh, the risk or mitigate the risk of imbalances, and you mitigate the risk of injuries due to those imbalances. So that's kind of what we're doing. So some people I know are probably asking why we do certain exercises that may not, in their minds, think it's a, it's a a good fit. But that whole body approach is that is the concept. No, absolutely. I think going through the workouts, um, you'll definitely see it's a very thought out approach. You know, you're doing a pushing exercise and then a pulling exercise. You know, and then maybe you're on the ground doing something where you're, you know, extending your body, you're contracting your body. So I think um, definitely balance can be um, found and you could actually really highlight your weaknesses uh, of, you know, are you weak pulling? Are you weak pushing where I'm just weak with both? So I just need to do both. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right. All right. So let's move on to um, some other topics in the lab here. We're going to talk about skills. Taya is going to give us a little information of what we're focusing on exactly this week. Um, and uh, what we need to make sure that we're getting out of this first week. It was a great way, in my mind, to start the uh, lab here the first week. We had a one-legged and cadence drills workout, which uh, everybody actually had positive feedback on. Um, some, some people were dreading doing it, but then once they got into it, they found that it was a fun, good workout. So this is, the focus here is, Working on high cadence so that you're working your efficiency on the bike, but also working those fast twitch muscles helps delay fatigue and glycogen depletion, um, which is extremely helpful. And then the single-legged pedaling drills in which we're working a balanced pedal stroke all around the pedal stroke to increase the muscular engagement throughout. So, um, yeah, so that has been the focus here for the first weekend. We do have a uh, sweet spot uh, workout as well. First week, again, building up. So the uh, intensity is not as high um, as this is the first week of the lab. And then moving on to next week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on here, we're going to change the focus a little bit and work on strength. Excellent. Um, so with the with the high cadence drills, um, I think a lot of us led um, group workouts. Um, did you guys feel? Um, Taya, sounds like you had a good experience with yours. Um, did people feel like the the text coming up was good? The interaction with the um, the ride leaders was good. Did you feel like that was helpful for those riders? Hello. No, no, I had. I only had about. I only had about fifteen people. Uh, mm. we, were, we were at five in the morning Eastern time. And, yeah. Uh, some jumped on, and everyone seemed to like it. They were. Um, they were. They struggled a little bit with the one legged, but and then the uh, bouncing just drove them nuts at, for the first set of the uh, spin ups. But then they got it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I had about 35 or so. Um, I definitely agree. So with the group workouts, um, what, what's our, um, our plan moving forward? I know, uh, Mitch, you did one this morning, right? So we all did um, the, the high cadence ones between you, Mitch, and uh, Ian, right? That's correct. Correct. Yeah. Did you have a, um, how was it this morning, Mitch? Yeah, we had about, uh, about 30 people. One of the questions that came up, and uh, Ian had some good comments. Uh, Ian was doing his strength workout, and I kept jumping into his uh, Discord channel. But uh, some folks were like, where do I put my foot? You know, for mm. me, it's easy because I've got a Kurt Kinetic, and, and I can just sort of move it back, and I can set it somewhere. Um, but Ian, you know, and the issue was the, the rider rest, and the question was getting some saddle soreness. Um, Ian, you had some great comments on that. Yeah, so one of the things when people do these uh, single leg drills is understanding you don't change your position at all. Everything's got to stay the same because otherwise you're going to create an imbalance and you're not doing your, your natural pedal stroke. So what I do is I just I just let my foot dangle and just bring it slightly out to the, to the right or left, depending on which side. So it's just out of the, the uh, pedal, pedal rotation. But I keep my hips positioned in the same exact spot. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I thought you were going to say you put like your leg behind your head or something like that. <laughs> I am not flexible. That would be someone else in this lab who can do that. That's, that's just when he's showing off. Oh, man. I'll put it oh, up man, my handlebar from time to time. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I don't want to hear. All right. All right. Okay. And then our last part um, of the lab that we want to make sure we've got the point is um, about the base work and kind of the focus there. And uh, Mitch, uh, if you could take us there. Yeah, I mean, this time of year, it's it's a great time to uh, to really work on that zone two or a really aerobic base in your body, right? So, I mean, we should be spending a lot of time. If you look across the workouts, we've got a zone two ride, but a lot of the ride today, except for the drills, was zone two. Um, you know, when you're not doing the sweet spot intervals, you're zone two. So there's a whole lot of zone two aerobic base kind of effort right now, and that has all kinds of benefits, right? It really helps your body learn how to... Uh, how to deal with a glycogen, burn some fat, uh, increases your capillaries and your muscles. Um, so this time of year, we really want to focus on the zone two. So what that means is I know that a lot of people have been racing and doing all kinds of heavy workouts. Dial it back. Embrace the zone two. If you want to add an extra half hour, hour of riding, do it, but put it in that zone two kind of uh, arena. Yeah, and a good place to put that is, you know, after workouts, if you've got some extra time, um, finding those social rides that maybe you didn't do as much. Um, um, but I think, like Mitch said, doing those extra races or, you know, those four-lap flat races are, are, not, are only going to make you tired and are not going to be the focus of what we're trying to accomplish. And you won't be able to get, you know, to the, to the, to the gym part or to the strength workout parts of our um, focuses here in the endurance lab. All right, so that's a great transition. Actually, we're going to actually talk about um, races in particular. There's been a lot of talk um, of that in, during our group workout on Wednesday. We had about 35 or 40 riders, and specifically asking about how to add, um, whether it be some of the series that are available um, in the crit series. Um, is anyone, any of the um, coaches, have they dabbled in it? Have you looked at them? Um, how do you feel? Are they shaping up, or is it kind of just a, a shotgun? Everyone's trying them out right now. I've looked at it and then said, now nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Same yeah. thing here. I said, I said, I looked at Ian's uh, strength workouts and I looked at the races and I said, they're not compatible for me right now. I mean, I'm just being honest with myself. I know that if I do the races, then something's going to give and it's probably going to be the strength workouts. So the strength is more important to me right now. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, and I think riders are starting to see that pretty early here in the first week. If they did pick up a ride, whether it be the week before the lab started or tried to squeeze one in, that it's going to be pretty difficult to be able to maintain that intensity as well as all of the other workouts. Because you're talking about three strength workouts and um, three focus structured works uh, workouts as well on the bike. Plus, trying to add uh, another race of that high intensity, I think it's just not going to work. So our official statement here from the lab is, um, if you would like to do a race, um, would it be safe for us to say that maybe do one every two to three weeks to try it out if you really want to try, but you really got to dial back everything else? But we would rather you focus on what Mitch just talked about, which is getting those zone two rides in, adding that strain over time, um, and that's how you're going to fill your time or your TSS, your stress during the week. I think that's going to be a better place to spend your time. I mean, it's something to th consider is, is Team ODZ does offer up a lot of coffee rides, and those are a nice way you get a nice uh, zone two to start, and you get a nice hard effort at the end, which I think you can probably put in if you want, and if you feel like you're getting fatigued, you can just dial back that hard effort. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good place. That's um, like a short, you know, the decaf rides, the coffee rides. I think that's a good point. And I know other groups also have that where they have short, like fast finishes for that short bit where everybody's social. I think um, that could be acceptable. Also sprints. Um, there's some good ones where, you know, um, groups will ride around and they'll ride at um, their zone two, 2.5, 3 or whatever it is. And they might have like a short sprint through the sprint area and then recover. Um, that could be more acceptable to mix up your zone two workout. So... All right, yeah, I'm right. going to throw the yeah, quick ones. Ahead. Yeah, the quick ones that you let's say that you're craving for some VO2 work. The sprint is a good option there, and it's quick and it's just a couple seconds. And so you get them mixed in. It won't cost you too much in terms of fatigue in the legs. I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, anywhere from about 15 seconds and really maxing out at about 20. Anything longer than 20 seconds is starting to become an interval. So be careful of that mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> All right. So next, next up, we've got um, uh, bike workouts and uh, what we've got um, this week. So I'll throw it over to Taya. What do you got? So we talked about the cadence drills already, so I won't go back uh, to that one. The uh, sweet spot workout for this week is not high in volume uh, or intensity because it is a week one of a six-week build. We, I did that one in the uh, Zwift module yesterday. We had close to 200 uh, riders who joined nice. that workout. Wow. And a lot of positive feedback, people saying that they really enjoy the variation of it. Um, it's a little bit deceiving in that the first interval, you don't feel it so much. It's five minutes and then the second one, but then they start to feel it by the third. And so this has been overall... I ha we haven't gotten a lot of comments yet from our participants in the lab in the forum for this one because of where it sits in the schedule, but I'm expecting that we'll get more of that. And then the other topic that came up in terms of bike workouts is whether to use ERG or not. So ERG or ERG mode, this is something that is a little bit like, you know, being a vegan. Some people think you should do it. Some people think you shouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> I think there's definitely a... Uh, there's definitely advantages to using ERG, especially depending on the type of workout. But depending on the workout, ERG is not your friend. So, for example, on the uh, cadence drills where you're doing single-legged and high cadence, those are very tricky, and I wouldn't recommend using ERG for those. Um, same goes for sprint and VO2 workouts. On the other hand, if there's a workout with a lot of variation, quick changes that goes 
high power, low power in 30 seconds uh, between each one of them, ERG can be very helpful. I tend not to use it in for myself because I think there's value in trying to maintain the power and learning to shift when you need to, um, skills to have when you're riding outside. What are others, coaches' thoughts on that? No, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I rarely use my ERG unless I'm doing like a, a T by 20 effort, something like that, um, as, I, as I really need to focus, especially as it rolling for the triathlons that I do. I have to be able to hold my power. I have to be able to know when to shift. And I have to be able to do it consciously, not and make it a a a, a non or make it something I don't have to think about a subconscious effort. But I have to actually consciously go through and, and practice and practice and practice it because I found when I did a lot of erg and I went back out back out on the road or onto the rollers, I, I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's really a good point. And so I'm um, Mitch and I actually come from the opposite spectrum of this all. Um, where um, we come from more classic trainers and power meters on our bike. Um, and then I have actually transitioned to um, trying out a new um, Cyclops hammer with ERG. And so I'm kind of going back and forth and trying to get experience that our, um, our lab riders are also getting. So I feel that there is something to it, but I have a feeling with the variation that we're trying to throw in, it may not mix as well. But like um, Ian had mentioned, something with a long interval, like a 20-minute, a 10-minute at a real steady effort, it could have um, some benefits. But right now, um, as I see it, it feels like um, almost unnatural to me to be in that just one gear um, and not move around and then really just almost waiting for a computer to make an adjustment as I go through an interval. Not saying that it's good or bad, but just saying my experiences as I, I've only really had it, what, three weeks now. So I definitely I, um, favor it the other way, but I've, ri- I've ridden the non-ERG for so long. Sorry, when I trained from Miami, uh, Jason, I did, I did use ERG because Miami's got 27 feet of elevation gain over 57, or 56 miles. So ERG yeah. yeah. And Mitch, what were you saying? I was going to say the the line of thinking, and I, you know, obviously I don't have her, um, but the line of thinking I've seen sometimes on uh, among triathletes is, you know, because triathletes are really trying to dial in a specific power target. Um, those who do not believe in erg is that they feel that it, uh, you know, psychologically and, and mentally forces you if you're not using erg to really concentrate on on maintaining that power. Right, you're not letting someone else decide it for you. You have to physically and, and mentally dial in that power number and maintain that. And, and I would like to bring an example here from the last lab where we had participants saying, as a result of doing cadence work and high cadence work, they learned to find a gear with their own legs, meaning they have, so if you're out of erg mode, you have the opportunity to see that you can accelerate and give your legs some reprieve Mm-hmm. by, let's say, increasing cadence without increasing power. And so the, there are a lot of those things that you learn from not using erg mode that are helpful. All right. Um, Andrea, with your training for your triathlete, uh, triathlon and things like that, um, what are your experiences with your coach um, and your training and then your clients with this uh, same sort of a topic, I guess? Well, definitely what Thea just said resonates. You know, I had to learn, I learned an awful lot with, with the last lab. Um, but with the high cadence and the single legged drills, I had to watch that I didn't, um, start to shift down into a lower cadence, which I think triathletes are not very good. <laughs> we, we tend to do. So I found that, that workout really good. Actually, I did it last night. Um, so it was, it was, it was interesting just to hold that higher cadence. Um, 
yeah, I don't like the erg. I hate it. I don't feel like it's <laughs> natural under my legs. <laughs> yeah. And that so, point that was made about learning how to keep the power and train yourself to sit consistently on that, I find having the erg off, yeah, it works for me. So um, it sounds like the way that um, we're finding us right, it sounds like we're using just it as a, a controllable trainer, but we're just using the the road that's on um, the on the platform or just a steady resistance. Am, am I understanding that right? Um, and just using our power meters and just shifting gears to get the power. Mm-hmm. Am I understanding? Correct. So even though we have, um, so if it, if for example, if you're climbing up um, up the hill, let's say in a, in the in the game, it would have that increased resistance, and you would just pedal against that or the up and downs of like a flat course or something. You'd feel that versus um, what ERG was holding on that power. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Gotcha. Yep. Okay, and then a really quick tip I just learned this week: um, if you are in ERG and you forget to turn it off at the beginning of the workout, or if you're it's default on when um, you're in a group workout with one of us as coaches on the keyboard on your computer, if it's close enough, you hit the arrow up, um, and you're able to scroll over, and you could actually turn ERG off in um, in the in the Zwift um, platform, um, or if uh, you have any of your um, peripheries you could also turn it off like the wahoo app the cyclops app you could also turn those off and just do it by resistance by any of those apps so keep those tips and tricks kind of with you as you play with erg there's not one way or the other but definitely try it both ways you're going to get fitness um in different ways for that too so all right so next up we've got um uh um, just to expand a little bit more on our strength exercises and variations um um, Ian's going to talk a little bit about um, kind of places where you can watch different variations and uh, places where you can see other uh, us coaches actually uh, doing the workouts here. So I'll throw it over to Ian for that. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So we've got a number of different places to watch the workouts or, or get demonstrations to exercises. Uh, predominantly, you can uh, they're on the Endurance Live YouTube channel, which I recommend going that. If you don't know how to do an exercise or it doesn't make sense, you'll see it there. And then you'll see quite a few of the workouts there. So you'll see how we struggle with it um, or not. And you'll figure out <laughs> different things we can do. Um, but there are, we're also going to show you variations. So, if, for example, the push-ups. If you can't keep going on a normal push-up, we, we show you how to go to your knees and keep going from that aspect. Um, for your squats, we try to show you the good form for the lunges. Um, if you don't have a resistance band, I used a, uh, a, a tube from a tire to do my monster walks. Um, nice. So that's an option as well. Um, you can do different variations for pull-ups if you don't have a pull-up bar, and I'll try and get more of those up this weekend. Um, and the other piece of this too is if you're just not playing strong enough, that's okay. That's why we're doing this. You know, just get through it. There's no rush on any of these to get through unless they're a timed event, and then it's not a worry about the number. It's just keep going for the time. So if it's 10 push-ups and 10 push-ups is too much, do two or three push-ups, stop for a sec, get your breath, get your knees down, and get back at it. Um, so the important part is accomplishing it using good form, not allowing bad form to come in or trying to just rush through it. And, and you'll get there eventually. Yeah, um, definitely some good points. And um, points on those variations um, are really important. It could be very, um, I would say, mm, what's the word? Uh, tough to watch um, either looking at the schedule and saying there's no way I could do any of this so between um, taking your time as Ian uh, mentioned possibly scaling the workouts um, uh, to make sure that there are a a portion that you can complete and just understanding that everyone's coming um, this from a different level um, and your ability may be different so um, understanding that and um, just getting the work done any of it is going to be more than what you had done any time previous if you're very new to this so you're going to get, you know, a lot out of it, just like when you first started riding your bike. 
so definitely we can um, we can take on from there. So moving from that, um, a really important um, post um, workout part of this is uh, recovery and uh, making sure that uh, you're getting the, the recovery that uh, you should be after these strength workouts. We've done a lot of cycling. We've done a lot of workouts on the bike. We've done the VO2 max work, the threshold work. We know how to um, recover from a bike. But for whatever reason, um, after a strength workout, it, everything is lost out the window. So hopefully we can bring some insight on our last two topics here. Um, so I'm going to throw it to Andrea here with um, some questions from our lab about post-workout recovery, people feeling sore for, you know, 24, 48 hours duration, and what, we, what can we do to um, kind of help that or alleviate some of that? Is Andrea still here with us? Yeah, sorry. Things keep going okay. in and out a little bit. Um, That's okay. I'm staying consistently when I'm talking. <laughs> um, That's okay. Yeah, that post-muscle that, that post -muscle soreness, um, in ways it's good because it shows that you have a, you're having a good range of motion while you're doing your strength work, and it's going to be different to what you've been doing with your, your cycling and if you're doing any other sports. Um, the workouts are short, so... You don't need a massive amount of food, but what, what will help is even 10 to 15 to 20 grams of protein soon after your strength workout to stimulate the muscle protein synthesis and repair um, process and to limit the muscle damage. Now, we want, when the muscles are regenerating, you know, we're damaging them when we're training them, and then we're, we, we're repairing them and building them back up. So obviously we want to have that, those amino acids and the protein there to help. Um, the soreness should start to reduce quite quickly um, over the um, and weeks as your body gets used to this new exercise. Um, but you do want to keep up with eating consistently well. Um, lots of color um, will give you lots of natural plant-based antioxidants. So your dark purples, your dark reds. Um, am I still here? Just checking. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A quick question it's on great. that. Yeah. Quick, you talk about colors. Yeah. The, Christ, the Christmas cookies I got from that my mom sent me have a lot of <laughs> red-green sprinkles on them, and that's pretty colorful. Does that count? Well, they're from your mom, so you should eat them. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, they're made with love. <laughs> there does, you go. Does, love does love help with a, with a delayed <laughs> muscle onset? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. However, uh, we want to convince ourselves. <laughs> and I guess um, a good question. Natural so, color. Yeah. I guess sources of, of protein there, I guess, would be a question um, as well, Andrea. Um, you know, uh, whole food sources are always a, a great source. Um, I know we uh, supplement. Are, are, is it, does it matter one way or the other? Is it just convenience? You know, what, what you have coming up next or just getting some amount of that 20 to 30 grams that you mentioned um, post-workout? Um. Food always comes packaged with slightly more than a supplement. But that said, whey protein and some of the vegan proteins will have a good amino acid profile. So they're convenient and handy. Um, but we could have just a, a couple of slices of meat or some cottage cheese or some Greek yogurt um, at the same time, and it would be equally good. Or canned fish like mackerel or smoked salmon mm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. can be really handy <laughs> as well. Again, it's only a small amount, so if you're not hungry, yeah. just have a little amount and eat later. But if you are hungry, then have your proper meal. So you don't need to have a whey protein shake followed by lunch straight away. Um, right. If you're at a point where you're naturally hungry for the next meal, just, just have your proper meal, but eat the protein first. Um, so that you start to get the amino acids in 
then the vegetables, then the carbs are optional. Um, we were talking about carbohydrate and glycogen replenishment. I think this is nearly more important around your bike sessions. The strength work is at half an hour. If you're hungry, have have something. Um, but it's it's the recovery and the preparation for the bike rides that are going to be more significant for how good the muscles and your strength feels during the strength workouts. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that does. And I think we need to highlight that that when you do have like um, this weekend for your SST variation on Friday or Saturday, um, and as we do strength workouts um, and more intense workouts in the middle of the week that we need to we need to make sure that we're fueling for those. Um, and that, and that's important. And then um, now that we have more information for those lab writers that we are making sure we're firing or opening up those pathways to be able to get recovery um, via that small bit of protein after our workouts for um, to make sure that we're getting what we need as far as the strength workout. So that's really good. Excellent. Thank you, Andrea. So um, we've got a couple tricks for us here, recovery tricks, that is. Um, and Mitch is going to kind of bring that together. Um, hopefully we can get some good back and forth here about some um, tricks for us cyclists to kind of get a better understanding of what we could do to um, to make sure that our muscles are, are limber and um, not feeling sore through uh, this uh, this new workouts new workouts that we're doing. Yeah, thank you, Jason. So, I mean, really the recovery begins while you're still on that bike finishing that workout. So, and they're built into all the endurance lab rides, but you really want to embrace that cool down. Uh, spend some time with some easy spinning on the bike at the end of the workout. Um, it keeps the blood from pulling in the legs. Um, really, the way to really begin your recovery is with that easy spinning in the cool down. Um, something else to think about, and we, we don't all have soigneurs like the uh, tour riders, um, you know, personal masseuses, but massaging your legs helps push out the fluid that results from the workout, right? That's carrying their waste byproducts. Um, I'll let the train go by. Um, but what we want to do is we want to get some some activity into the legs, like either through a foam roller or people have seen that product called the stick. So we get some fresh blood flow in and help the muscles begin their recovery. Um, something else, and I've used this actually when I used to run a lot um, during and then after runs is compression socks. And, and admittedly, they look goofy um, when you're running with them, but they actually have been shown in some studies to reduce swelling, fatigue, and muscle soreness after intense exercise. I'll, I'll um, mention something get, on, the, yeah, on, the comp on the compression socks. I'll just mention something, too. You know, we have busy lives, right? And it happens to me, for example, a lot on the weekends. I finish a very hard session in the morning, and then I have all day that I have to be on my feet walking around yeah. and doing stuff. So even wearing a compression sock, the compression socks during the day after uh, that hard workout is helpful for recovery. Yeah, I, I found the same thing when... Uh, um, in the past with uh, a lot of intense workouts, that, that's really helped me a ton. Um, then we go back to kind of what, what Andrew was talking about. The next uh, few ideas here are all really around the nutrition and, and recovery, right? So um, making sure that you have fluids during the ride, but after your workouts, make sure you're hydrating. Um, making sure that you're having, after intense workouts, some kind of a recovery a meal or drink. Um, you know, maintaining a four to one carb to protein ratio, um, getting the amino acids in your body that Andrew was talking about. Um, if you've done a really intense workout, getting some carbs in to help 
you know, boost up and replenish your glycogen stores. And the one thing that I found online that I thought was interesting was in the past, they thought that immediately following workouts, um, some antioxidants like C and E, vitamin C and E were, were good for the body. They're now finding that maybe they're not so good and they actually delay and inhibit the muscle repair. So avoid uh, maybe some, you know, vitamin C and E and some of those antioxidants right after the workout and then layer them in later of the good meal. And then we always come back to what I think is really important, and none of us, or at least I don't do it, which I think Ian does a good job with this, but uh, make sure you get seven to eight hours of rest and sleep at night. And they've actually shown that naps are good during the day, and they help lower your stress hormone and promote recovery. So those are some great ideas to, to work with your recovery so you can get done with an intense workout and get back on the bike the next day or the day after. Yeah, some really good points there. Um, uh, as far as the antioxidant point, yeah, I think um, I have been reading some of that research about antioxidants. Andre, has that come across your radar as far as use of antioxidants for post-workout recovery and when to use them and when not to use them? Yeah, I mean, our body responds to a training session due to the stress of the training session. So we want the, the, the session needs to be stressful. So us throwing in antioxidants um, or buffers effectively is reducing the stress of the exercise yeah. so the body does not adapt the same way. They've also found that the higher doses of antioxidants are a limiter to <laughs> adaptive responses and recovery. But at the same time, we're using high doses of single antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin E when the antioxidants actually all work in a symphony together. So when one gets used up, for example, vitamin C, and we put it in in a high dose, it actually becomes a free radical that needs to be neutralized by vitamin E and then alpha-lipoic acid and coenzyme Q10. So in my mind, what we want to be doing with our antioxidants is getting them from food, which they're, they're packaged up in a, in a natural balance. So if you're getting in antioxidants from things like whole turmeric, ground turmeric, bitter cherry extract, ginger, berries, they're natural and they're going to support the body, but they're also going to provide vitamins and minerals and lots of other goodies as well. So I think just having them in ample supply in the diet in general is going to help the body do a better job of recovering so that there's sort of a baseline there all of the time to help the body for when it actually really needs it. Um, Andrew, a quick question on that. Point that was made about Sorry, quick question on that. You mentioned the turmeric. I use that a lot in my shakes. Um, do you recommend using the root or the powder? Because I've been using the powder, the root much more than the powder lately. Turmeric is interesting. It has very poor absorption. Um, they have found that there's better absorption of the curcuminoids from the whole root rather than the ground root. But if you add fats and some black pepper, it will improve the absorption of the, the dried ground turmeric. Okay, so you putting the whole root and avocado in my shake makes it even better then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Vitamin yeah, E so and magnesium, and you're getting um, monounsaturated fats. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Um, I guess on the, on the point of that as well, to kind of piggyback that, um, there are some, uh, at least topics or questions about riders who may be using um, uh, anti-inflammatories as well. Um, we were talking about kind of things working in symphony, and um, as far as use of those, I, uh, uh, there's not a lot of talk um, a lot of times in forums about when or when not to use that. Obviously, we want to use those sparingly because, um, as Andrea was talking about, um, it, we want our bodies to go through this change and to kind of feel this shifting um, and that sort of thing. So it, I think it's important as we do look uh, at those anti-inflammatories, if there is an actual 
you know, uh, I guess I guess not just to mask the pain of like recovery, but if there's actually some some sort of pain, like you're you're hurt or something like that, we should actually be scaling things back and recovering versus trying to mask that up. Is that is that making sense? Like uh, mm-hmm. trying to get that point across? Yes, very much. Are you talking about anti-inflammatory drugs? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, uh, right, right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. With these, yeah, I would have a big bugbear with those because one pain is a natural signal that something's wrong, but the anti-inflammatories can impact the tendons and ligaments in the long term. So I wouldn't be recommending them, but also they're going, they may interfere with the kidneys and your stomach. So yeah, I'm not a, definitely not a fan. Um, yeah. Uh, and I've also read in the past, uh, I've dealt with stress fractures in the past, and I, I actually had been using a lot of anti-inflammatories. They could actually inhibit, for runners, they can inhibit the uh, the bone repair. So whenever you're running, you're doing lots of micro damage to the bones, and anti-inflammatories can actually inhibit that that natural repair of those bone um, stress. Yeah. Um, so not a, I, in the sense that I, I, I loathe them, I, I rarely use them um, for those reasons. Yeah, so just sometimes the voodoo topic, um, we hear writers of using those, um, you know, whether it be like, I take these before every workout, I think it's very, 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 very dangerous. I mean, we've all heard those stories, so Mm -hmm. I think we need to be careful with um, our athletes or and just kind of put it out there and and have the hard conversations here um, in the coach's corner. All right, we're going to switch over, um, switch topics over to the lab rat of the week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and present um, that writer, and it's actually Stéphane, uh, Stéphane Lefebvre. Stéphane Lefebvre. There you go. Stéphane Lefebvre. Maybe I shouldn't have said the name because that's – it's funny because I've worked with Stéphane for a long time, um, and uh, he uh, um, works really hard at his, at his English, and, I, and I'm really bad with my French um, because I know none. And so <laughs> we have very interesting conversations. <laughs> but he is such a great guy. He's actually a triathlete. Um, uh, and he is a very a very fun guy to work with. Uh, uh, he's done a lot of the labs. He's an ODZ rider at heart. Um, he's also runs on Zwift as well. He is a beta tester for um, the Zwift uh, the Zwift um, program on um, Apple TV. Um, so very very kind of on that cutting edge. Um, so he's been really great in the lab. He's been interactive. He's been putting out posts. Um, and one thing I feel like he's really excelled in is he's actually. And we're going to see this as we move forward through our labs um, through the season. He's actually decreased um, his volume, but his strengths when he does race, um, whether it be online or outdoors, he's felt that he's stronger than he's ever been as he finished last season. And he's feeling that he's understanding that it doesn't take this huge amount of volume to get strength, but it takes very specific work that allows him to get the strengths that he needs. And that's what he's finding. And I feel like a lot of riders... And maybe you guys do agree that they're coming and understanding this, um, what we're doing in the lab and getting a better understanding of what it takes to go fast. And it's not just these miles. Do you guys feel that's the same? Oh, yeah. Sure. And, and, and Mitch and Andrea can, can both uh, comment on this. But we as triathletes, uh, the enlightened bunch, we tend to think mo, mo training is mo better. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, we always go, oh, my swim's a little bit off. I did 12,000 meters this week for six weeks in a row. I should probably do 18 the next week to get better. And maybe throw in 200 miles on the bike and, and probably a 60 or 70 mile running week. That That's going to help me get a lot better real quick. So Stefan understanding that is real, is real good because we, we tend to not get that quickly as triathletes. Yeah, yeah the, mu- the much more enlightened bunch, you know, the cyclists, um, also have <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also have uh, that, that thought, well, 
we enjoy being on our bikes, right? And it's something fun. And again, maybe we're doing a zone two workout in in a day. Uh, we do have some intensity rides built in, but then you think to yourself, oh, I really want to go longer because it just feels like I'm working more and it feels like I'm getting better by doing it. So yeah, you got to trust your, uh, trust your plan, trust the training plan. Or I, maybe yeah. I should go harder and catch that one person up the road. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. When, when, when coffee rides become all of a sudden all out, you know, races um, as it does in real life all the time, um, I get, um, you know, workout files back of like an, an easy, you know, zone two tempo right all of a sudden it's like all in the reds and i'm like what are you guys doing in zone four like what happened like i don't understand what happened to this ride it's supposed to be a recovery ride yeah it doesn't happen unfortunately and and that's why riders gravitate towards doing more structured work indoors um and then when uh, riders do go outdoors it's more of an open ride just enjoying the time out you know uh, and i think uh, that's very very useful all right so next up we've got on the horizon Horizon. Um, what, what are we looking at next week? What are we looking at um, kind of as we move forward here in the lab? Um, Taya, tell us, tell us it's going to get better. <laughs> it, of course it will get better. So we are, in terms of bike workouts, we're going to be uh, shifting from the high cadence and single-legged drills that we did this week to focusing on strength on the bike in the form of lower cadence. So this is going to build the ability to turn over a big gear um, with your, you know, when you have a steep climb or to get on top of a gear when you're accelerating, etc. So another important component here for our training. Um, and as I mentioned in the intro video, if you have knee issues uh, and low cadence is really bothering your knees, so it's not muscular pain, it's joint pain, then back it off. It's okay to bring that cadence up a little more. So we'll be working on that as well as sweet spot. And as as we move forward too. The strength workouts will, your body will begin to adapt, but still in week two coming up here, you might still feel that soreness um, throughout the week. No, no, they're going to feel the soreness. They're going to feel the soreness. (laughs) For sure. And those videos that Taya mentioned, um, along with the videos that Ian mentioned of the variations of the different workouts that we're doing and the different coaches that are actually taking you through the workouts, Taya's got a great intro video for each week of the workouts that you'll be doing on the bike. She'll be going through the workout, um, kind of giving you a heads up of what you'll be focusing on. So what I would say is the day before or if, you, if you're doing the workout later in the day, it takes some time, watch that video, get an idea of what your focus is going to be so that you can go into the workout prepared to be able to get what um, that workout wants to get out of you. So again, the YouTube channel um, is a great resource and um, we're posting those links on the forum and you could also subscribe to the YouTube channel which will allow you to get updates anytime we go live as well as if uh, those resources uh, when we're not online, but you'll be able to go back and look at those throughout the weeks. And the workout videos are two to three minutes long, Max. Right. You mean the um, explanation, the intro videos? Right, right. Right. Yeah. And then I've got some really good criticism or um, some comments uh, for the workouts. Um, Ian's done a really good job at doing it kind of uh, more at a live pace, um, especially some of the Tabata ones. Um, but it seems to be we're getting good uh, reviews or good comments about the ones that are going to go at pace where they could do it with us but not um, at the same time. So not necessarily live, but they can go back. And if the workout, if in fact, is 30 minutes, um, obviously I can be very long-winded. And when I talk about stuff, the workout ends up being 45, but that's not the goal. So 
trimming it down to the actual prescribed 30, 30 minutes and trying to get it done live, I think um, people are able to, in the lab to go back and watch that and just do it while it's playing on YouTube is very useful. So um, the coaches are actually going to look into doing that. Um, I'm going to start to try to trim things up and see if I can get it done in 30 minutes as well and not uh, complain so much during the workout. Um, and I think uh, that could be really useful uh, moving forward and not just for now, but looking going to back to that later on. And then, um, Mitch, what do we have as far as, um, you know, on the horizon? What, do, what did you have for us? No, I mean, you know, next week, um, it's a little bit more of the same. I mean, we've got the same pattern that we're, we're following. Um, we've got the zone two ride next week. We've got uh, the step up in the uh, sweet spot training. Uh, we've got the shift, you know, from the high cadence uh, this week to low cadence next week. And then we've got more strength workouts. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And um, I'm, I'm hopefully going to get back to my coffee ride that I lead uh, every Wednesday as, as well. Um, so it should be a fun week coming up. Absolutely. So balance, 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 everybody. Um, making sure that you are adding the correct amount of um, work and um, stress throughout the week to kind of balance you out. Making sure you're getting an increased amount um, as the weeks go on here in the six weeks. Make sure you're focusing on the goals that we're trying to achieve every week. Using the resources that you have, um, the Endurance Lab Forum and the YouTube channel, channel are our primary ways of getting um, stuff out to you and making sure that you are recovering after these workouts um, kind of wraps up in a bow the things that are really important from this first week. Before hey, we go, Jason, is there, one, Ed, one, Jason, go one thing I want to add real quick, and it's not technically on the horizon because it's already posted, but it's on the horizon for most of us as we get ready for our holiday parties. Andrea's got a great article about how you can avoid some of the pitfalls. Yes. It's up on the endurance lab and in the under the nutrition section, and I, I really think everyone needs to take a look at that. It is not a a Cosmo type uh, article that is <laughs> not based in fact or reality. It is a good uh, article that that talks about things we commonly do and ways to survive this without throwing on those extra five or ten kilos or without having to go back and in, into our pain caves and destroy ourselves to compensate or well punish ourselves for what we did. No, absolutely. Really good point. So yeah, definitely check out that article. Go in with a plan. Go in with some information so that you have, you know, what you want to do when you go into these situations, whether it be at work, um, a social interactions. Very, very important. So really good point and really great um, uh, article, um, Andrea. So before Thank we you. go, ironically, absolutely. I wrote it eating my mom's birthday cake. <laughs> <laughs> I do with the yeah, carrot cake, wasn't it? Love. Yeah. <laughs> It's full of love. Good for post, yeah. <laughs> yeah, post-workout recovery love, you know. So, all right. So, um, was there anything else from Taya or Mitch? I think that wraps us up. Yep. Excellent. All right. So I'll wrap this up. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining us here in Coach's Corner. We hope that you're getting a lot out of this. For all of our lab riders, we have just about 40 riders in this lab. We're hoping you're getting as much as you can out of the resources here. We're here to help. Ask the questions that you'd like to hear. The hard questions, we're there to help you there through this six weeks if you have questions about the workouts or whatever. And for everyone else listening to this, check out the Endurance Lab at endurancelab.fit. Um, and get some more information. We're going to be running these throughout the season. Right now we are in our off-season, base season. We're getting our riders ready. Find out what we do and see if it fits for you. Um, this is a very unique situation um, that allows us to train. So check us out, endurancelab.fit. And from the coaches here in the Coaches Corner and the Endurance Lab, I want to say thank you for joining us today, um, and we'll see you next week on the Coaches Corner. Mm -hmm.